Well, let's just get started. So this is our very first podcast. It's my very first podcast. Have, have you ever been interviewed before? Not for radio? a podcast, no. Radio interview? Not that I can remember. Ar- magazine article, print, digital article, blog? Mm. I've never done anything like this in my life. That's not true. I, oh, wait a minute. I you used to do host a show called I used Grounded. to do a show called Grounded. We'll get into that another time. Let's start with who are you? What is your name? So my name is Eric Johnson. I'm a dad. I have two kids and a wonderful wife. I work for a ministry in Atlanta. Uh, and I have a passion for um, just purpose, purposeful, intentional living and just kind of learning about what that looks like and growing, growing on a daily basis. And I'm Seth Gray. I have been married for 13 years. We have five kids. We just had our latest kid, Cash. He's about five months old, coming up on five months old. Then we have twin girls that are six years old, Sydney and Savannah, eight-year-old boy named Charlie, and then a soon-to-be 11-year-old boy, Chase. So my wife and I, Hannah, we are super busy at home, and um, we, we love the busyness and craziness of lots of kids and work. We uh, actually, Eric and I worked together, but he didn't mention, at a Christian ministry in Atlanta. And uh, my whole goal for this is to create an archive uh, for something my kids to listen to when I'm no longer here. Something that they can go back to and hear what their dad was thinking, what was challenging their dad, what areas in which they were growing, his, their dad was growing. So um, that's, that's kind of my thing, is I, I want to leave a... Uh, archive of thoughts for my kids. So yeah, this is our first episode at trying to do this. Uh, I kind of called it roughly uh, a rough start is better than no start because I'm bad about like I'm a, by nature, I'm a perfectionist. And so I will think something or how something to death and then never do anything. So I love this quote from G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton, There it is. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. So maybe this is bad, but hopefully we'll get down the road and we find something that's good. Ultimately, more than more than just what I want for my this being something useful for my kids, I would hope that ultimately we, we find that audience that wants to learn and grow and and uh, finds value in this. So this all started with an app called Marco Polo, which if you haven't heard of it, it's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's essentially, I call it like Snapchat for old people. It doesn't have a lot of weird settings and it's kind of private in nature, but it's just like video phone calls. Um, and so Seth and I have been using Marco Polo and talking about all number of things. And finally, we're just like, let's, let's try and do this in the form of a podcast to see uh, what, what fruit could come from it. And we have no idea how they're making money or how long it's going to last. It's just this app that's out there for you to use. There's no advertisements. There's no hook. I don't know where they're what they're doing with our information. My best current guess is that they're listening to us, and I don't know. That'd they're be the use only it for thing because there there are no ads. It doesn't make any sense. And they have like a big team, and they're hiring. They have multiple corporate offices. I've looked is it into Facebook it. Facebook owned. I don't think it's owned by Facebook. I don't know who it's owned by, but it's it's a guy. It's a family guy. They have their bio on the on the on the site, but like there still doesn't say like how they make money. But, but the basic concept is, and, and I've, we've been told it's Snapchat for adults, and that makes me feel real old because it was told to me by like someone who's five years younger than me. But basically, you just send a video message to one, to a group, whoever. Everybody can watch that whenever they like and send a video message back instantaneously. You can watch people live. You can heart, like, thumbs up, smiley face, frowny face. I mean, and then also interrupt them with a video. 
Yeah, it's it has been great, especially now that you're not allowed to text and drive and all these different rules for driving. Like you can do Marco Polo without really touching the phone. So anyways, it's been great. It, uh, we, we communicate a lot, especially in a city like Atlanta where um, proximity is key to friendships or to relationships in general. And so most of us don't live anywhere near each other. And so this has kind of like kept us in community. It's like digital community. Um, so anyways, the flow of the show, at least what we're going to try is the goal each week or each episode, we want Seth and I are going to come each with our own two talking points and we're just going to just kind of jabber about it and, uh, flesh it out and see where we land on it. Um, this is something that we, we do on a daily basis. I'll wake up with some thought. God puts something in my heart and it's like, well, what is this? What do you think about that? How can I apply this to parenting? How can I apply this to my job? And so maybe with that, Seth, you can start with, uh, your first talking point. Well, the thing that I thought about when, when I, I said this earlier is that I really, you know, Eric, you had the great point of just do something, just do it. And I don't even know where we're going to start and where we're going to go, but we just got to get it off. The hardest thing about starting something is just the lift, getting it off the ground. So when I thought about this and I was like, what's my main driver? What's my main motivation? And it's centered around my kids. And right now I've, I've got the, from a, a almost 11 year old to a five month old, there's a lot going on in between there and they're all experiencing different things. So the thing that I've been thinking a lot about is what am I doing, my intentional living now, that is going to propel my kids to be very successful? And I, and, and, and I don't mean very successful in terms of financial success, uh, accolades with awards, but just that they will be successful to avoid the pitfalls and mistakes that I've made throughout my life. And I just, I just am... I've, I've shared this with you, Eric, before on Marco Polo, how I get a little nervous that I'm constantly waking up thinking about my kids, not in a nervous thing, but in a way of, all right, what can I do? What situation can I put them in today to help them learn, to help them be encouraged, to help them grow? And, um, I, I wonder, and Eric, share with me what you think, push back. Do I, am I stressing too much? Do I just need to let life happen to a degree? And as it happens, try to step in and guide or do, do we, you know, I'm just constantly thinking about my kids and I want them, I want to leave them a legacy that is just advances them so much further than I am now. So I'm constantly asking myself, how can I personally grow? What, you know, I'm trying to glean from other people who have been there and done that as much as I can so that I can then turn around and pour into them. I think for me, you've touched on it a little bit, but like when you said you want them to be successful, it's like, how do you define that? Like having a clear goal, like what, what does that look like? I've heard Annie Stanley talk about like their goal in parenting was, was defining what success was for them. And what their success was is that when they've raised their kids, they want their kids want to come back home and spend time together as a family. Like if that's the goal, then that dictates the way that in which you parent and it dictates the way dictates the way in which you spend your time and your money with your kids. And so I think, I think like, how, how does that shape your thinking in that? Yeah. And that you're, that is very crystallizing and it's like, okay, that really brings back to the point of what is success. And at the end of the day, I could have the most successful child that works, you know, uh, on wall street. And one is in the hospital during doing heart surgery. And another one is, you know, uh, digging wells in a third world country and changing people's lives, uh, for, for clean, uh, access to clean water. But at the end of the day, as a family unit, what are their goals? And that's the thing. I think maybe 
the thing that's challenging me with, you, with what you're coming back at me is, is that I need to crystallize. What do I want? What What is success? Because if anything, we're just going out there and we're following the latest shiny object of parenting, of leadership, of whatever it might be. And if I haven't crystallized what success looks like, then I'm not, I'm, you know, I won't be able to hit the mark. You know, it's, uh, what is it? The principle of the path. It's not necessarily. It's what is it? It's not intention. It's direction that direction. determines where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. It's not intention. It's direction. And that's just the challenging part then I, I guess that I'm, I'm hearing us talk about is that I need to figure out what the direction is. I've been thinking about like a funny concept for a television show. It's like you think about the famous people that are on television or the top, top tier athletes that are successful their parents had to put everything they had into that period. Like I, my, my brother's nephew uh, is an aspiring actor. He's 13, but he's got, he's got brothers and sisters, but they spend that family spends all their time and money pushing towards this kid uh, being successful. And I, I think it'd be a funny TV show to put together all the sib- uh, like a group of siblings of famous people to see what their life was like. Like how, how do how do you balance? How do you judge what success is? Cause like what you're talking about, like, it would be weird for me if my daughter, my, my daughter's four, she, her name is June. Like, what if she was like, what if she showed real talent to be a great dancer? And we put all of our efforts into that. And we just drug my two-year-old dash to all his, to all their stuff. Like how, how, how does that work? I don't know. I just, to me, my whole life is about finding balance. And I just, I wonder how these parents that have got high achieving kids that made it, uh, have balance or is that even possible? That's exactly right. You, well, you, well, you're touching on a, a, another point is that I'm constantly fighting. Well, no, you not. I'm not fighting, but because we have so many, I'm being pulled in so many directions by my kids. So I'm not trying to make this all about parenting, but it's just a self-reflection to help me think through and process all this is that I have one kid that shows a promise in one thing and then another kid that shows a promise in another. And I'm trying to look at all of them and say, all right, what, what, what are, what are some things that I'm seeing that I can help them get to that place faster, get to that place, not of success, but get to that place of development faster rather than saying, oh, well, if I would have known this two years ago, I I would have done this differently. So how can I speed up that two years? Not in terms of not in terms of trying to get them towards success or get them towards a certain goal, but just uh, help them with that leg, leg up. Give them every, you know, every bit of resource that I have, give them that opportunity to really excel. Why not? You know, So many people are successful out there in different areas. Why not our kids? I'm, I'm, and I would, let me, let me take a step back with you and, and reinforce what you're saying. Uh, my boys are really into soccer and Cristiano Ronaldo, probably one of the greatest soccer players to ever play. He's definitely, um, between him and Messi these days or, you know, in recent history, they're the best players in modern history. He had to leave his family and travel and move 500 miles away from his mom and started in a soccer training academy. That sacrificed a lot. And his mom sacrificed, and they they put it all in on soccer in this one thing. And I'm curious of how his family relationships are. Because at the end of the day, I know that if my boys wanted to pursue soccer in some major way, the likelihood of them being professional is very small. The likelihood of them getting hurt and being done with their career is very high. So I'm not trying to prepare them to be... An athlete, I'm trying them, 
I'm trying to prepare them for once athletics is over, you know? I'm trying to prepare them not just to be on the stage, but to be able to have the character to back them up whenever they're on the stage. And maybe that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting everybody, you to understand. I'm not trying to get them to be successful. I'm trying to get them to have the character so that when they are successful, they're, they don't, you know. I think for me it boils down. So my wife, Sandy, is one of the most incredible people I've ever met. And one of the things that was so attractive to me about her was that no matter what environment she's in, she's Sandy. Period. She doesn't she doesn't flex or chameleon to other environments or change or try to do this. She's Sandy because she knows who she's is. She she knows who she is and she's comfortable in her own skin. That is exactly what I want for my kids. I want to to try with with the Lord's help to try and figure out who who are these kids? How are they wired? And how do I speak life into how they're wired so that they're not going to try and pursue things in the world to try to get that affirmation that they'll know, oh, this is who I am. This is this is this this self-awareness is is a gift that my parents have helped me to to get so that whatever environment then whatever environment June is in, she's June. She's June Sunshine. That's who she is. She's not conforming because like for me, I grew up in a really small town in the bottom bottom part of Arkansas. There was nobody like me. There was nobody I was just always conforming to whatever it was. I want to go hunting or whatever these different things were that you do in Southern Arkansas. I was like, that wasn't really anything that I had real interest in, but I was just always conforming. And so I was into my mid to late twenties before I had any idea who I was. And I've spent the last 10 years trying to figure out who that is. And then on top of that, to like who I was. And so, uh, Sandy, so, talk- so, so let me push pause for a second right there. And I think what you're, what we've discussed on Marco Polo is that we feel like we are, a jack of all trades, master of none. And I want, and now as we talk through this, I want to make sure that while I want my kids to be successful, I'm not projecting onto them. I think successful this, is a weird word. It is a weird word. It's rubbing me I, wrong. I, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. So because this is we're we're talking through this, and I'm not you. I didn't start with the right word of successful uh, because that has connotations of a dollar sign and of a plaque and award an and achievement a and achievement. Yes, I. Please, please don't hear my heart in that regard. Um, but what I'll say is, is that I want to make sure I'm not projecting this idea for them to find their sweet spot. And this is, this is what I've got to guard against that. I'm not trying to get them to find their sweet spot so fast in life because I feel like I have not found my sweet spot. Mm. Does that make sense? Like a sweet Mm. spot in the sense that like, I know I'm not a writer. I know I'm not an actor. I know I'm not, you know, there, there are some things I can quickly check off. I know I'm not an illustrator, a designer, you know, there's things, but in feeling that, and I don't mean to monopolize all of this all the time, but in feeling that, um, I went around in life just being a jack of all trades and not a master of none. I've, I've gotten to the sense that maybe if I can help my kids figure out what it is that they're good at and the way in which God's given uniquely gifted them and if I can help them get there faster, then they won't go through the things that I went through of uh, feeling lost or insecure or this just, you know, when when everybody feels like, seems like they've got it figured out and you don't because you don't feel like you have that unique skill set to point to. And uh, maybe, maybe that's where it's coming back to is that I just want them to find that gifting that God's given them faster than I did. And maybe that's the wrong thing and the wrong mindset. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. And I think 
what I'm coming back to is like, so right now my daughter's four, you know, who knows what, who she's going to be when she grows up. But what I, what I see in her right now, the word that we use with her, she's sensitive. She's very sensitive to, she's an empath. Like she's aware when people are feeling left out, she's aware when something's not right. And she knows to go speak into it. So like on Sunday at church, uh, one of the little girls told, uh, they were outside playing. One of the little girls told that, uh, Gavin, this little boy that he wasn't allowed to play. And then, and, and she was older than everybody else. So, and so Gavin just sat there and was sad. And so instead of playing, June went and invited him back in, regardless of what this little girl said. And it's like, uh, to me, I, and I went and talked to her, I said, June, do you know what your superpower is? You saw that Gavin needed you and you spe- you, you stepped into that. That is your superpower. I'm trying to use this language where, with yeah, hers, of, yeah. you know, this upgrades and superpower. And so that's her superpower. Dash, he's two. So it's really early, but with the word we use with him, he's tender. He's very sweet and tender and gentle. And he has a way of like softening people like with he's just he just softens people. And so I don't know what that's for right now. I have no idea what that's for. But that's what I want to be speaking into. And that's what I want to be identifying constantly and like really like trying to ask with, with God, like, what do I do with what you give me? Like, th- my child is not mine. You've, you've put this kid in our life and we're super thrilled with him. But how, how can I shepherd him to accomplish whatever you have for him? And so that's kind of like, I don't know, self-awareness to me is, is the biggest thing in my life right now. Okay. And that's what I'm working through, and that's why we'll continue to talk, is that how do I shepherd them to be all that they've been made for? Yeah, and so, I think I think it's just, uh, so this is going to tangent a little bit, but and I'm, I'm going to have a, have a hard time finding it. But so my, so we have a uh, international student, Cindy, who lives with us. She's been with us. This is her fourth year and she's from China. And so in her world religion class uh, yesterday, they talked about Confucianism and she was a little offended uh, because her teacher didn't cover it the way that she thought um, it should be covered because it's an ancient Chinese Confucius is a, it was an ancient Chinese. Um, what's the word? Um, philosopher. And so I, I admitted, I don't really know anything about Confucius or Confucianism. And yeah. so I started looking up things. And one of the things I've been thinking about is I, I think about with wisdom and things like the stuff that we're going to talk about. I don't want it to be cultural and I don't want it to be timely. Um, I think I, I'm, I, I, I claim that true wisdom is timeless and is not bound by culture. And so it, it got confirmed to me last night um, by reading quotes from Confucius that are from 2,500 years ago that are still as relevant today uh, as they will be in 2,000 years. I just thought it was incredible. And so one of the things that he talks about, and I'm trying to find it, is basically the idea uh, of self-awareness. Basically, wisdom is knowing what your ignorance is. That's a paraphrase. But basically, true wisdom is knowing what your ignorance is. So when you know what that is, that you can identify these things, that's that self-awareness. And so I just thought that was really great. Um, the, my first talking point uh, outside of that one is what are we going to call this thing? I have no clue. So what are the ideas that we've pitched so far? Um, well, there's one that it, it, this probably really wouldn't go get out past us. So we call it just between us. I thought about that one and it has odd connotations <laughs> because generally when somebody says, hey man, just between us, such and such and such, it has this kind of whispery, uh, yeah, gossip sort gossipy, of feel. Yeah. Um, one of the ideas was, um, is, this, is this making sense? I think it's a pretty good title. Is this making sense? Yes. Are you trying to find it on Marco Polo? He's scrolling through the archives of our Marco Polo right now. What was the other one? It was... um, So I've been thinking. So I've been thinking. Stuff we like. Stuff we like. uh, 1440. That's the number of minutes in a day. Um, I think the leading contenders is, is this making sense? Half thoughts. Half thoughts. I got half a thought. Yeah. Big picture thinking. That's the other thing I've been thinking about. Scale. We'll talk about it. Hindsight 2020. 
Foresight 2020. That was terrible. Or Marco Polo <laughs> Archives. Yeah, they're not all winners. So there. we're working through it because we don't know what it is other than the fact that we just want to begin to share our thoughts, our, our, our conversation that we were having via Marco Polo. We wanted to just begin to document it because we needed to remember it. I know I needed to remember it. And that going back to what you said about wisdom and self-awareness and personal growth, that, that I can take criticism so much better than I can a compliment. Really? Oh, that's, we're so different. Yeah. I just, I can take, I, I'd it's like, great. Thank Yeah. I know. I know you thought I did a good job. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Where do you think we could have improved? Like I want to move on to the, where could we improve? But I know that's also because I'm not good at taking compliments. I'm not good at vulnerability. I'm not good at, uh, now I can look someone in the eye and have a conversation with them and, and keep that eye contact, but there's a bit of vulnerability when it comes to a compliment, but I love correction. And, and maybe it's because I want to know what you honestly think about me. I want to know what you honestly think where my flaws are. I just want, I'm very, I want to be very self-aware. So one of your flaws is that you can't take a compliment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're helping me with that. Okay. Uh, I'm trying. Because um, one of my strengths, honestly, is intentionality. Like I, I, I like to speak very intentionally and I like to, I like to encourage and to lift people up. And, and I also like to call out things that I see in places that could improve. Um, so one of the things I like, I'm always interested in what people's rhythms are. This is not like a, a very deep thought, but like, what, what for you, Seth, what are your rhythms? I mean, you're a busy guy. You have five kids. You have a pretty high level at, at job at our ministry. Um, you travel a fair amount. You're, you're on the board at your school. It's just tons of stuff. So what, what is a, what does a day and what does a week look like for you quickly? None of my kids have gotten to that stage of sleeping in yet. They, they literally, none of them know how to sleep in. They get up and they're ready to go. It's like sleep is just there to re-energize them to go. Um, so a basic day for me is, is getting up, getting them all ready with my wife. And I say, getting them ready. She's the rock star with getting everybody ready off to school, out the door, traveling to work. It's an hour drive, work all day, hour drive home, depending on traffic. And then it's literally, I pull into that driveway, I park the car. And at the moment I open that door, I am on and I'm going, I literally have to have coffee uh, as soon as I walk through the door or already have just finished it right before I pull in the driveway because the kids are just ready to go. They've done all their homework and it's now time to play. Daddy time. Daddy time. And then after that, it's, and if it's not play time, it's ship them off to gymnastics or soccer practice. We are at the soccer field in a given week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Oh gosh, it's making my stomach hurt. <laughs> and sometimes Sunday. So I know, I know it's, it's not for everybody. It's not that. And then, and then, excuse me. And then on Wednesdays, the girls are at gymnastics. And then, uh, on Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday and Saturday, my boys who are playing soccer, none of them are at the same field. So it's pretty intense driving around a lot. Thankfully, we live near most of all of our practices. Um, and then on the weekend, games are de 
dependent. Um, but we're, we're up early in the morning and we go all day. Mike, we go hard all day. And you talked about intentionality and this is what I'm, I want to ask you about when it comes to your intentionality, your rhythms. I'm very intentional about when I'm with my kids, I'm trying to be with them all the time. That's I'm, what I was going to ask. Cause that's I'm, one of the I'm things. putting the phone away and it's just me locked into what they're saying. Now I got four voices soon to be fifth voice coming at me. Um, but I just, I just want to be so engaged with them and, um, I don't do a great job at it all the time, but I want them to know that when they ask me a question, when they're talking about it, I'm, I'm fully engaged where we're last night at nine o'clock at night, my kids should have been in bed. We're in the backyard with flashlights and three of the, the little three, eight and the twin, the eight year old boy and the uh, six year old twins are trying to find wood magically in the backyard hammers nails and saw and it's pitch black and they're wanting to build a house but i was what all in this? nine o'clock at night <laughs> i was all in that's one of the rhythms that we have is that i get all my i get most of my marco polos from you at night after i'm asleep and then i <laughs> i wake up really early in the morning and i send them to you early in the day so um because i am definitely a morning person um so one thing that you said that i want to just kind of have you clarify on you you travel a fair amount and so I think one thing to glean from this is the way in which that you make sure that you're there from your kids is that when you get home, you turn everything else off and you're fully engaged. Yes. That's incredible. They know that if I get a phone call from one person, then that's work, but I won't be getting another phone call from anybody else. And then, and, and they, it's an understanding that they understand that it's work. Um, but it's because I also travel so much that, you know, if I'm gone for a week, you know, so much is happening. And also I do it to also provide lift off of Hannah's shoulders Mm -hmm. because when I'm gone, then all of that, Mm -hmm. none of that stopping, they are not stopping. She's, she's working as well. So I'm trying to be as much as a, uh, a release for her, um, so that we can go. But let me, let me go back real quick. The, the, the activities in which my kids are doing, they are the drivers. They are the ones that are pursuing it. We, we, are, we are just, if this is what you want to pursue and you're really into it, great. We're, we're going to put you in the position to be able to do it. But the moment you're like not into it, you're going to finish out whatever the commitment is. And then we're not going to go back to it unless you drive it. So we're not forcing that. And we can talk, this will probably come up a, a little bit later, but the concept of range, um, I'm forgetting the author's name, but he's written a book about range and it's that diversity of being involved in everything. And, uh, I believe it's Adam Grant, but I'm going to get that wrong. I don't think it's Adam Grant. So that's the rhythm. That's the rhythm of our current state. That's not, and I haven't even talked about everything that Hannah's got going on. Hannah's the athletic director at a small private school slash Dean of students. Super mom, super, super mom. Like she literally has superpowers. Yeah, Sandy's the same way. She's so what is your what is your rhythm? So my rhythm, my life is not as busy as yours, but it's it's still pretty busy. Um, we we used to have two of the international students. Now we just have one, but there for a while I was definitely a chauffeur. So we have two kids. My wife works uh, full time, but she has she works for a church, so her schedule's a little bit different. So I work here seven, usually seven ish to three ish somewhere in there. I, I we get to work pretty flexible hours here. Um, and so, uh, go home and be full-time dad as soon as I get home. Um, cause we have small kids and they're a lot of work. I mean, your kids, your, your life is about to get busier because you're, you're, in, 
cash is about to be moving around and that gets hard. Um, so right now I have a four year old and two year old and they suck up all of my time in a great way. Um, and so come home, play, 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 you know, daddy be's daddy's a monster. Gotta be the monster. My kids are consumed with daddy (laughs) being the monster. My girls want to wrestle. My boys don't care about wrestling at all. My girls want to wrestle all they're six years old. I'm like, what are you going to be, WWE stars? I mean, all they want to do is wrestle. My boys will never wrestle That's at all. That's so funny. Dash's favorite word is again, 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 whatever it is. Again, again, again. Uh, so make dinner. Uh, you know, since we have an international student, we have to like cook a real meal at night. I think if we didn't have her, we would probably have grilled cheese more often than not. Because it's just, it's just I, I guess what, the bane of my existence is, is not so much the meal prep, but the meal planning. I don't want to have to figure out what's going to, like these meals keep coming and I'm just so tired <laughs> of having to plan them. It's driving me crazy. And then, and then finally get the kids to bed around seven thirty or eight. And then I go, I, I wake up at five every morning for another rhythm. I can talk about another time, but, um, actually I'll talk about that now as well. But, uh, so I'm in bed by like nine thirty. So, you know, it, it's, it's weird balance and it's a cliche, but it's like, I just crave my kids going to bed so that I can have my hour to an hour and a half of free time to do whatever I want. But it's terrible to wish there's away nothing, these sweet moments with my kids. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong but with that. But it's just that, it's that terrible balance. So I'm trying to cherish every moment, every moment I have with my kids in the age they are now, but it doesn't change that at nighttime. I just, just please go to bed. I don't want to tell you one more story. Just go to bed. And then you start bribing. All right, if you stay in your bed all night, mommy and daddy don't have to come in here. <laughs> and you, all night, you get some of your Halloween candy. As Jim you know, whatever it is. calls it, a reverse hostage negotiation (laughs) jim gaffigan's got a great bit on that but don't feel bad about that that's real that's real so one of my one of the rhythms that has absolutely changed my life and i don't want to be all christiany and blah 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 and cliche but so two years ago i I made a commitment that i was going to sacrificially give an hour of my day every day uh to spend with jesus and i so i started that january 1 of 2018 and has radically reshaped my whole life everything about my life is different as a result of i wake up at five and i spend from five to six with jesus and so much has come out of it. And specifically, uh, one of the specific, specific things that's come out of it is my creed. And as we do more of this, I'll share more of my creed points. But, uh, but one, of my, one of my biggest creed moments is, or talks is that basically every day I want to live with open hands, a willing heart, and the easy yoke. Because for me, I, I can I can wear a lot of uh, a lot of weight and guilt and shame, all these things that God doesn't wish on me. And so, one of the things I have to remind myself in the mirror every day is that I'm going to wear His yoke. He said His bird is light, and so that's one of the rhythms that's very important to me. And I structure my nights around it because if I know that I'm going to be up late, it's going to affect my ability to get up early in the morning. And I know this sounds super cre- cheesy and Christiany, but like I've watched it change my life. So it's something I try to protect as much as possible and encourage others to do as much as possible. Um, so yeah, that's. That's our rhythm. And then our, and we, we spend a lot of time with our church doing a lot of different things because Sandy works there. So that's a balance that I'm trying to figure out is like, you, you know, you're at the soccer field all the time, which is its own thing. I'm at church all the time in a lot of ways. Like on Sunday, we're there for like six hours. And it's like, I don't want my ch- kids to resent church. And so I'm trying to figure out what that balance is right now. It hasn't come up yet, but I want it to be a place that they love and they don't, you know, that don't dread. So that's, that's an area of balance we're looking at right now. So one thing that I've been thinking about is, is we kind of, begin this in, in two areas in which you've challenged me or, or an area in which you've challenged me that I want to, by, by saying this, this puts it out there. Every, people will hear it. You will hear it. And it will hopefully help me not just be accountable, but it will help me to uh, practice it and be real with that. And that is the idea of vulnerability. I can, I can, I love to receive criticism, correction, because I want to always improve. I always want to get better at what I'm doing. I'm driven to get better. I don't want to just stay the same. But in doing so, um, 
I don't have this ability to be vulnerable with people and and take a compliment as well as give a compliment. Now I'm an I'm an encouraging person. I encourage all the time, but there's also um, there's a difference between encouraging someone saying, "Hey, you did a great job. I appreciate all you do," to going to someone and saying, "You know what? I really appreciate you. You've really." You've really encouraged me by your actions and you've challenged me to go in this area. Well, that's being vulnerable because I'm voluntarily going to someone being gushy, so to say, and uh, encouraging them in a gushy way. I'm not good at being gushy. So, yeah, I think there's a balance there. Um, So one of my creed statements is this. Be constantly mindful of ways I can bless others. Write them down and do them. And so I think just an awareness of things. So we were in a meeting before this, before we had lunch and then we were in this meeting and I, it was kind of an executive ish meeting. Uh, and there were some people in the meeting that weren't totally comfortable and they kind of got thrown into leading it and they did a great job. And so I wrote down, send this person a card and let them know they did a great job, um, taking control of that meeting. It went really great. That little thing right there, because I knew they were uncomfortable. I knew they had to step into something and I know how much it'll mean for them to hear that, that it was noticed that they did a good job. That's not, it, it's not really vulnerability, but it's genuine encouragement. And from that, like it builds something like our relationship will be different after I've said this thing to them. Does that make sense? Is that speaking into what you're saying? Yes. Then, then this brings me to my second thing and that is intentionality. Because what you were doing there was being very intentional about encouraging someone. And I can be I can be an encourager, but the intentionality of what you just described is a whole nother level that I want to get to. It involves listening more. Yes. You gotta listen more. Yes. You gotta feel the room out and listen more. So I'm I'm an encourager. I feel like I'm an encourager, but the intentionality of encouragement and the intentionality of your words is on a higher, is, I would say, is on a uh, more genuine level. And therefore, what I struggle with is the vulnerability of getting to that level. It's yeah. one thing to see someone in the hallway and say, hey, great job on that presentation. But it's a whole nother thing to write down on your words, write down and put into put pen to paper, you did a great job and I was really impressed by you. And, um, just thank you for being on the team. That's, that's different. Everybody can do hallway encouragements. So if you noticed in my creed, it was multiple, multiple parts. It didn't start this way. Initially it was be constantly, be constantly mindful of ways I can bless others. That's where it started. And then it's like, okay, I thought about it. Well, then I would forget. So then it was write them down and then that wasn't enough. Then do them. And so it was like this three part thing for me to get to this place. And then it becomes habitual. Like I see this, I, one of my, one of my goals for each week is I'm going to give two handwritten, two handwritten thank you notes or some sort of encouragement notes per week, period. And that sounds kind of like routine or like a ritualistic, but, but the heart behind that is good. And if I don't force myself to do it, it won't happen. And because I have that goal, I'm listening, I'm watching where, where can I bless people? How can I, how can I make somebody's day better? Like there's a quote that I heard, you know, you've always heard the term, the quote, leave things better than you found them. I love the quote, leave people better than you found them. Mm. So in this moment, I'm going to leave that person better than I found them. And there is a vulnerability to that. Cause when you put yourself out there by saying, man, I really like this, or I see this and, or I encourage, or you made me feel this way. Like you're putting yourself out there. Like there's a, there, I guess yes. there is a vulnerability to that because it could fall flat, but that's not, that's on them. Like you, it's not on me. 
I don't know. I don't want to limit. I don't want to let insecurity stop me from trying to make people's day better. Yes. And that's, and that's, and that's, that's good. And that's challenging. And that's one thing that I want to unpack. Uh, and we can talk about this another time cause we're getting ready to wrap up. But the thing that I realized about myself that I need to be more vulnerable in and be intentional about being vulnerable. And that is to not treat every interaction like a job interview. In a job interview, it's a one-way street in which you are presenting, you're, pr- you're pushing, fake. it's fake, yes, but you are putting your best foot forward. You are showing your best at all times. And that's good because you want to do your best in your work. You want to uh, uh, give someone your all when you're, when you're talking with them and, and being truly there and not thinking about all the other work you have to do or what's going on at home or, you know, what's dinging on your phone. You, but you, I've fallen into a trap of treating relationships like a job interview in the sense that I've always just wanted them to see my best and not be vulnerable enough to let them see the yeah. things that I've, I either struggle with or just, um, you know, I'm, I just am not, on my A game that day or that moment. We'll get more into this in later episodes, but I'm kind of obsessed with the Enneagram and what you're saying is very three in nature. You're an achiever. You want to have, you want to appear a certain way and vulnerability contradicts that. Mm -hmm. So that's something your, your awareness of that. If you're not aware, if you were ignorant of that, you would never get better out of it because you see it. You have the chance to, to maybe not fix may not be the right word, but to address it uh, and to, and to fight against it. And that's why I think people are drawn to you. They're drawn to your notes. They're drawn because you are very vulnerable and authentic and you're an encourager and you you encourage with vulnerability. And I lead with it. Yeah, that's what you lead with. And so that's why I bring it up because I see that in you and that's what I want to grow in because mm. I want to achieve more. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm receiving that compliment right now <laughs> while thinking about all the things that I did wrong. All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, we're going to do more of these and, uh, I would encourage you guys to come back. We're going to do our best to make this a time that is useful and not, not a waste. We're not going to try and blather on. We want to come prepared and, and spend your time well. So we appreciate your time and we hope to, uh, connect with you next time.